On an annual basis, shelter costs have climbed 5.5%, the fastest since February 1991. As shelter costs, which again, not, not necessarily home ownership, it's the cost that you're paying for your shelter. So we know rent has spiked amazingly fast. That's a huge portion of this. And as it relates to people's incomes. So when you have this fallacy in, in, the, in the market that, oh, supply and demand is going to hold, is going to prop up home values. And I've said over and over and over again, and I've been saying it because I want it to be like this mantra that people say to themselves every time that they hear this, this statement is that demand without affordability is not demand. If you have inflation at 8.6% and shelter costs, whether that's rent or home, home costs, your, your mortgage payment, drive one third of that. And the Fed is battling inflation right now. How does the Fed bring down inflation without possibly bringing down shelter costs? Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. We're live. Welcome back. Thank you, brother. Hey, happy birthday. Thank you. I'm 42. Uh, well, come on. Don't lie, man. No, I have Happy 47th birthday. Yeah, if I was 47 and looked like this, I'd, <laughs> you, I'd feel better. You feel <laughs> yeah. So there's a couple of house cleaning items I have to get out of the way before you have a chance to make fun of me. Okay. So just right out the gate. Before you get testy? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So I've had some challenges as it relates to the whole testosterone thing. You yeah. know how like last time we were talking about it, you, you were like, you know, what's the number? Like, where do you go to? And I'm like, I don't really know. What's your, yeah, the range is so wide. So apparently, they're going to give me enough testosterone to where I fall somewhere between 600 and 800 on my tested scores, which is far lower than I've ever been. So, but there's some side effects when you start this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right into yeah, it. Yeah. So before, before you go there, okay. I started, we were watching it, like Peaky it, Blinders. It wasn't it, even it's like- It's not shrinkage. No, no, the, the boys are still, the HCG they give me with the testosterone keeps your natural testosterone production going. So no shrinkage. Like, okay. Everybody's still there. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's lost any weight. We're all on the same team. Yeah. But, I was talking about your waistline. Oh, uh, no, uh, I'm oh, so oh, fat. No, uh, we'll, we'll get into that. So there's a whole, whole fallout. So this is not like a process you get into and like right away, shit's working. Right. Right. So I started, we were watching Peaky Blinders. It wasn't even like a sad scene. I'm getting emotional as shit, bro. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sad. Like I'm, I'm damn near crying. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. I go take a shower later on that night and my nipples are super sensitive. No. <laughs> like super sensitive. Like I'm in the shower, like rubbing well, my nipples. Like what's going on here? Rubbing your nipples because. No, not because I like enjoy it, but because it just doesn't feel right. Come on, man. <laughs> no, just, so you're rubbing it. This doesn't feel right. Wait. It, what? it doesn't. It didn't feel right. I'm like the water's hitting it. It's like. I got an image. It's not a good image. It's not a good look. So I, I look at my wife. I'm like, am I swollen? 
And she looked at me and she's like, oh my God, you're transitioning to be a woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is not a lot. That's not a laughing matter. So I got a, no, I've got a whole new respect for what women go through when yes. they're going through whatever it is they go through on a hormone basis. But like my temperature has been hot. Like yeah. it's, it's all weird. It's all so, weird, bro. I, it's so bad. I had to call the the cause they, they have me on est- an estrogen blocker now, but it's like one fourth of a tablet. They're gonna they're gonna up me and redo my test because apparently my estrogen levels are responding real high. It's gonna take some time to f- get this figured out and balanced out. I'll, I'll give you a pass on this. There's too many easy lobs for me to. There's a lot of. There's lobs, a lot so of yeah. lobs. I'm a and. <laughs> You're a better yeah. man than me. I yeah, would yeah, I yeah, I I I open up a can of I, don't, I just don't trust my I don't trust yeah. myself to for us to not get canceled. Oh, so it's <laughs> or not fired about, yeah. or fired from our day jobs. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. So let's just say there's a lot of complications. And the funny thing is, like every dude I've talked to about this shit, like no one's mentioned like these complications. Like no one. Yeah. So I have to call the clinic up and be like, hey man, I've tried Googling this stuff and all I keep getting is like this transgender website. It's like I just want to know if this is normal. <laughs> and I, like, I'm not even being sarcastic. That's really what I come up with whenever I search oh, like nipple sensitivity in men. And I was like that. There's not a lot out there. So I had to call the clinic and they're like, yeah, yeah, this is normal, blah, blah, blah. We'll do X, Y, and Z. So we're going to have to dedicate a, a portion to the podcast every week where we give the listeners an update. On what's happening? Yeah. So, I mean, you, so they can properly track. I mean, if you're the only one that's talking about some of these side effects, it probably could be helpful to somebody. I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to have your, your feelings upset. Uh-oh. I don't want you to get hurt. Oh, okay. So I told somebody that we know that listens to the podcast, one of our five listeners, that you know you were you were you were full time and, and and she was like so you guys are going to change it from like an economics based like subject oh, matter oh <laughs> yes because he doesn't know anything i came with i came with the heat today <laughs> did you really <laughs> not the heat but some some topics you came with some topics so, yeah. uh, anything that's actually relevant or is it yeah all a just lot of like, a lot of stuff that's relevant you want to, we can get right into it you want to get right into it let's get right into yeah, it yeah we uh, so i i i an article came up that i looked into today and I know it's something that's been going on for a while, but I actually wanted to get your take on it, seeing as how you are um, an executive at a publicly traded company. Allegedly. Allegedly. The internet lies a lot. Titled The, the Great Resignation. Yeah, right? man. That's a whole controversy right now. Whole controversy right now. And I mean, I feel like the reasons that people are, are citing, you know, stepping down or stepping away, you know, isn't really touching on why they really may be and i want to actually get your take on it so some of the some of the stats that i read were 1337 ceos have resigned in, in 2020 i think that not on the ceos that's a different thing that, right. that, that's them knowing a recession's coming things are going to get harder exactly. like, let's just get out of here and do my thing but here's here's an interesting one 650 so far since january of this year right that's the highest amount since they began tracking ceo changes in 2002. Yeah. Notable ones, obviously, Bezos, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Parker, American Airlines. Cher- Cheryl Sandberg from Meta, aka Facebook. She's a chief operating officer, actually. All right. And recently, I guess the Pinterest CEO stepping down. Yeah, that was uh, in the news today, actually. That was in the news today. Yeah, look at you, fresh content. Yeah, so whoever that was, I get nothing for that. Nothing. Nothing. No, no. Okay. You, you, so you, was, you, is that what you you pause for? Like like kudos. <laughs> Give me a little good. Good for you. Good. Thank I'm you. I'm proud of you. But you anyways, did no, some for work. real. So what what's your take on that? Like why why so much right now? You know they're saying they just want to step away, stop working. They don't want work to define their life. But what's really going on? Bro, there was one article today. I don't even know if you saw it. It was another CEO who was talking about how he just wanted to. He was he was quitting. He was he was done. And it, it's weird when you transition like that as a CEO because it's not like an employee leaving. You're like you're losing you're like your directive. You're losing your leader. Right. It, it's, it's definitely impactful. But he said that the only reason he wanted to do it is because he wanted to go sit on the beach somewhere and do nothing. Yeah, exactly. So I attribute it to 
a lot of different factors. Like there's a definitely a changing landscape. If you're like an old school CEO and this has work from home things coming up, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of people who are like, fuck this. I don't, I don't want to learn this. Right. There's a lot of regulation that's coming in sectors like banking, like where regulators that are high up have told me like, I don't want to learn CECL, which is a current expected credit loss module, which banks have transitioned to from ALLL. Mm-hmm. Suffice it to say, it's going from like one technical thing to another technical thing. And it's like, why do I need to learn this if I'm going to retire in, you know, X amount of years? Right. CEOs are no different, man. They're, they're looking at a changing landscape. They're, they know they're walking into a very difficult time from a recessionary economy standpoint. Um, this is largely part of the reason why I think Anthony Shea stepped down over at Lone Depot was he saw how tough things were, you know, up com, coming for up for him, and he was like, "Okay, do I stay here? Do I ride this out? Like, what what benefit do I have?" Mm-hmm. He's made money. He's cashed out. He's got a great financial position. He can provide direction as the chairman. He doesn't. When he's made as much money as he's had, as he has, he doesn't necessarily need it. You're, you're also talking about a point where CEOs are making exponentially more than they were historically, yep. and their performance is well paid. And there's great CEOs out there who deserve it. There's some that don't. Uh, there's some that that the measures are all kind of messed up. At here's you just got to look at it and take it with a grain of salt. Some people are out to ride it out. Not all people who lead are leaders, right? So sometimes people just say, you know what, I'm I'm bowing out. Sometimes people lose the energy for it. There's a lot of different reasons for it, but I really do truly believe that the recessionary economy is a huge thing. And people said, you know what, it is. I got paid a huge amount of money the last 14, 15, 20 years, whatever it might be. Why do I need to work way harder to make the right. same money when I should be kind of sunsetting? Exactly, or fight hard to make it through all this. Yeah, and if you're yeah. someone like I take Bezos and like Elon Musk and those guys and put them in a different category, exactly, they're yeah. working for different motivations in different ways. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know that this is driven the same way. And I will, I think this is probably a good time to pause and point out the site and I were talking before the show and he wants me to dumb down certain content because not everybody understands some of the phrases that we throw around, which I say absolutely fucking not. Yeah. No. And, and the reason why is there are two ways to learn. You can actively learn by, by us explaining things and dumbing things down, but I don't really think that people enjoy learning like that. True. Anytime I've learned from anyone is if just jumping in, listening in on a conversation Hearing something that I don't understand, noting it down and going researching it later myself. Or if you just listen to the show consistently enough, we break down kind of what that stuff is. And it also we also offer cross-platform stuff with YouTube and the social media and everything else, which really kind of breaks down some of that content in more detail. So if there's anything that you, the listener, don't necessarily understand or you want follow-up information to, go to any of those avenues and we'll clear up some of the, the details that might be complex if they are. Otherwise, Saeed's just a derogatory asshole who's assuming people are, are dumb. <laughs> which is fine because you know we know that you're the bad because one i'm clearly dumb and this is not an economic podcast anymore not dumb just we know your strong suit yeah <laughs> it's not this <laughs> i would never tell you what misa said about you i mean shit oh <laughs> misa yeah well you know it's true you don't know economics uh so I got some numbers for you that i want to share since you're doing all the sharing here okay never mind the picture of me that looks back here uh, so shelter costs, what it costs for housing ends up being a lagging indicator for the way inflation is calculated by the government. Mm-hmm. Those prices had continued to go up in May, leading to CPI of 8.6%. So we know inflation went up, right? Yep. But housing costs are a lagging indicator. And I think that's, that's kind of a quandary of sorts, what people understand from the economy. So shelter costs, which account for roughly one third of CPI, mm-hmm. accelerated in May, climbing to point. 6%. It marked the fastest one month gain since 2004. On an annual basis, shelter costs have climbed 5.5%, the fastest since February 1991. And shelter costs, which again, not, not necessarily ownership, it's the cost that you're paying for your shelter. So we know rent has spiked amazingly fast. Exactly. That's a huge portion of this. And as it relates to people's incomes. So when you have 
this fallacy in, in the in the market that oh supply and demand is going to hold is going to prop up home values and i've said over and over and over again and i've been saying it because i want it to be like this mantra that people say to themselves every time they hear this this statement is that demand without affordability is not demand if you have inflation at 8.6 percent shelter costs whether that's rent or home home costs your, your mortgage payment drive one third of that mm -hmm. and the fed is battling inflation right now right how does the Fed bring down inflation without possibly bringing down shelter costs? Can't. Can't. So people expect this overnight change, and that's why I think so much of this is, is, is stigmatized. People are saying, oh, we're not seeing change. We're not seeing change. We're right. We're right. No, you're seeing a slowdown and a lag in reporting, which will come eventually. So I do believe that we've started to see the home, home values decelerate. We've seen this in many markets. I pulled MLS for all these places. We already talked about that. If home, value, if home values don't go down, you can't move inflation enough. And, and this is kind of where the crux of that argument really, really ends up is if, if, if the Fed is successful at mm -hmm. doing what they're supposed to do and all these things happen, the other byproduct of this that people don't want to accept is unemployment has to go up. Exactly. So that's what I was going to ask you. So if, if home values have to go down or for inflation to go down, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, people and we're not expecting people to, I guess, default on their loans. Right. Then and get kicked out of their homes like they were in 2008. Right. How will how will these values go down? And the only way is, I guess, is through unemployment. Right. Not necessarily through unemployment. I, I think I think there's a bigger, broader macro problem that's that's kind of related to unemployment. So let me put it this way. A lot of people have cited, I talked to a guy the other day on social media, I got into a stupid fight with him. I, should, I shouldn't say fight. We got into a debate, a debate, and he was a real estate agent. And there's a lot of really great real estate agents out there. This guy just wasn't one of them. Okay. Where he's like, I've got all these properties in MLS. I know what the market is. Just because you have a lot, a lot of listings doesn't mean that you know the market. I'll give mm -hmm. you a great example. If you go into a shoe store and you buy a pair of shoes from a shoe salesman, mm -hmm. you're not going to ask the shoe salesman about foot health, are you? No, exactly. Right? You're going to go to your doctor and ask your doctor about that. And then your shoe salesman is going to sell you shoes that you think might fit the needs that your doctor tells you you have. Exactly. But yet you go to a real estate agent, which, by the way, has passed a real estate salesperson exam. Mm -hmm. And you want to ask them about the economy and is this a good investment and is now the right time to buy? And his motive is to get paid how? They're a salesperson. They're, they're not, granted, they have some skill sets, negotiations. Closing yeah. transactions, right. facilitating the transactions. It's in their best interest to sell you a home. Think about it this way. Real estate agents do not and are not required to take an economics course. Macro, micro, none. Right. They have real estate appraisal, real estate finance, real estate principles. Mm -hmm. None of this is economy driven. I mean, I guess some of the principles may be. But none of this really talks about the legacy of real estate ownership and, and the history of what this looks like and kind of the bigger picture things. And yet we routinely go to these people and we say, hey, you've been a salesperson for a long time. What do you think? And then we take it as gospel when they say, oh, this is what's going to happen. I know. Right. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. And I mean, it's, it's also sad that people put their trust in one, per in one person. But this is just another example of why people need to do their homework and don't just take the advice of one person. Like me. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that seriously, though. Like, yeah, you, so you also should. listen to me. But no, I no. would not listen to Saeed. Saeed, we clearly have established that Saeed does not know what he's talking about when it comes to economics. You're here for color commentary. Yeah, exactly. Okay? Now tell me I look pretty. Okay, so tell me what else has been going on. I know you were a little fired up earlier. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh you want to talk about that now? 
I thought it was. A, I thought I gave you the alley oop, but you didn't. You didn't see. You didn't, no, you didn't I, see. I, it I did see it. I just. Yeah. I just feel like it's early for a lawsuit. <laughs> so that's that's all I'm saying. So I. I um. Those of you who follow social media, I have been critical of Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is. Uh, he's a pretty well-known guy. He's got over three million followers on Instagram. He's considered to be a consistent and reliable source of financial information, and he said some things as it relates to the economy that I took some objection with. And then he pointed people to, he kept saying the economy's the values aren't going to go down, right? Classic argument, supply and demand, sat in right. front of his desk. It seemed very off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you know, the, I think we did, a, we did a video on, right? Yep. So I was like, whatever. Okay. He's pointing to this like realtor thing. It's an affiliate. No big deal. Then I go back a couple of days later because I'm a sick fuck who, who apparently can't stop from looking at stuff that I know is going to piss me off. And guess what? He's saying never buy whole life insurance, only buy term. Uh and this is this is something you should do because you save the extra money and you invest. He doesn't explain what whole is, what term is. He doesn't explain any of these concepts. He just says, don't do this by this. And I thought to myself, right. like, that's that's insane. So for those of you who, who out there who don't know, okay, term life insurance is, is pure insurance, whereas whole adds cash component that you can actually tap into during your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Term coverage only protects you for a limited number of years, while the whole life stuff is lifelong. It costs a whole lot more. It costs a whole lot more. So his argument, while interesting and, and debatably reasonable, isn't explained. And then he, what does he do? He points you to an insurance insurance agency, which is clearly paying him. This is getting bad, man. Now this yeah. is this is now the second thing that you've told me about. There's been multiple instances. These are these are the two that that were so inflammatory that I, I decided to comment on. And I'm going to read the comment that I made on his page because I didn't think it was that inflammatory. I would have more respect for him if he explained both. Right. And, and said, let, the, let the consumer, right, pick the one that fits their needs best. But he doesn't do that because he wants to drive everybody to this term agency. And here's a little anecdote for you out there in listener land. Term pays better commissions for refers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So man. it's just straight insurance. There's no cash surrender value. So it's just a better... It's a better commission play for most cases. So my comment to him, which I didn't think was all that bad, was saying, was said this. Because he basically said um, how to win with money and blah, 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 blah on his post. And he said, you know, be weird with money because he wants you to go against the grain. So I responded, weird like constantly providing advice which happens to align perfectly with the affiliate link you drive traffic to. Respectfully, it would be a class act if you were to identify which of those funnels are in fact paying you a commission in the interest of full disclosure to your loyal base, which ironically is also a change currently contemplated by legislature as it relates to social media for the same reason I noted. Completely fair. Completely fair, not derogatory, not mean, very collegial. Yeah. I mean, yeah, clearly taking a, an opposing stance, but it's not, you're not attacking his character or anything. I mean, no, not no, at all. And no. I couldn't figure out why his loyal fan base wasn't like getting at me. Like I couldn't figure out why nobody was supporting it, nobody was liking it. Then I went back and looked at it, and my wife looked at it from her account. And he basically restricted me. So only him and I can see my comments from now on on his account. And I'm like, bro, you got 3.1 million followers. Right. You're a fiduciary. And you can't even give me the dignity. You don't even know me. I could. I, if I'm you not- have enough confidence in what you're selling or preaching, right? Why, why block my comments for everyone to see? All I'm saying is that gave him the perfect opportunity to say something to the effect of, you know what? I, I totally get and understand where you're coming from and allow me to be clear. This is one of my streams of revenue that I make from my company. And rather than charge for a product or service that I offer, I get paid through affiliate links, which is how I make my money. Right. Totally reasonable response. Right. But would probably drive less traffic to those links if he were honest. Yeah, but I, I mean, 
you should be able to sleep better at night. Well, yeah, and that, that's the point with a lot of that's the problem, and, and the point with so many of these social media personalities where they have fallen victim to kind of their own like love affair with their image, right? And they don't want to be honest with their base because they're afraid they're going to drive traffic the other way. And I think to myself, like, okay, well, look, we're all humans; we're all fallible, right? But if you grow an organic base and you go about things the right way. It'll grow well, steady Saeed, over time. I am glad you said so because I have something to share with you that actually has, and I got a little book. I'll share with you. Um, <laughs> I, I, got, I got a little audio clip on exactly this topic, and he was not teed up for this, so he does not know what this clip is about. So I'm going to play it for everybody, and then we are going to talk about it. Basically, this is from Vice several years ago, and they are talking, they're bringing in an expert. You'll quickly find out who that is to talk about social media growth for an upcoming uh, artist, if you will. She also happens to have an OnlyFans, which you'll hear referenced. Here we go. I have one of these chains and this jewelry, man, but I'm about to hop into some nerd for you guys. All right, come on, step into my office. No, no. Office, but now it's my office. We're going through a showgirl neat viral campaign. Try to make sure that you stay out of stock forever and ever again. What the follow account looking like right now? 21.1K. How many OnlyFans you got on your subscription? Do you know? 233. When was the last time you went viral? One of my TikTok videos. Megan Thee Stallion reposted you, right? Yeah. Oh, you a blessing. She got at least 10 million followers. At least. So we're sitting down and we're looking at a budget. $4,000. One repost. Gets you in front of 4.5 million eyeballs, right? Mm -hmm. Between 10% to 80% of their followers could be what? Fake. The internet is full of bots right now. She don't need fake followers because she already lit. So I build bots to run her business for her. You know why people want to use fake followers? To charge more money for reposts, to inflate their popularity because perception is everything. Only person that's going to be important is the one that can program and automate those technologies. You got what I'm saying? But the one thing that we need bots to do, stay consistent. We need bots to stay consistent. See, that's how I got my followers. When I was younger, I was consistent. I was like 15, so I was posting every day. But what happened? She human, so she got what? She got tired. She has a life. She got a life. Yes. You know who don't got a life? Bots. My man. There you have it. Wow. And that, that, that's, so that goes <laughs> wow. to kind of show you the mindset that went into social media and so much of the way this things happen. So Dave Ramsey is no exception to that. I'm 3.1 million followers. I can guarantee you he used a growth agency like I did when I started. That got me a lot of fake followers, a lot of bots and all that stuff. And when I went to them and said, hey, well-respected growth agency said, hey, like, you know, this is, this is not good for me. I'm not seeing the engagement. That was essentially what they were preaching to me. Right. This is a necessary evil to grow your brand. This is what you do. Right. Dave Ramsey's no different. Right, mm -hmm. He's got to have that. And so if you look at his comments, and I want to let everybody out there who happens to have a social media site, you can just listen and smile because you don't know what the hell we're talking about right now. Um, <laughs> although we, you did, I did get you to admit you were going to get a stalker account. I, I should get a stalker account just to see what you post on your page so we can actively talk you about should, it. You should because when I talk shit about you online, it's actually better that you see it's it okay. so you get mad. As a lot opposed of to people probably talk shit back. about me online. No, but I do it with your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I, actually, I actually add your I face to the photo. Yeah, yeah. I, do it, I do it with your face <laughs> to your face, but you're not watching. So, so that's fine. But so, shit, I, I, so many, so many thoughts.
I don't, I've lost my train of thought. Well, yeah. you're talking about your bots and what you did and how you got there no, and, got Dave Ran- and Dave, Dave Ramsey and Dave Ramsey and you're talking about shit. his comments and maybe the ratio. The ratio wasn't there. That no, wasn't it. Damn it. I was oh. going someplace with this. Yes. How many just... followers versus how many rate, how many comments he gets. I mean, you could look at it. You could look at it that way. I'm sure if you just look at everyone that you follow that you consider an influencer, see how many followers they have and just see how much activity they have on their page. You could that should tell you right oh, there. I got it. Ah, oh, you're welcome. Wait, wait to pause for me. That was yeah, good. That was, yeah. that's, that's color commentator right there. That's what your job is, right? Like, <laughs> made me look good. Good job. Uh, so, if you go to his page, everybody out there in social media land, you go to his, everybody's people's pages, you'll see a massive amount of spam comments that are very easily identifiable at the bottom of the comment section. So, the real people will actually, and this is the funny thing about the, the algorithm on something like Instagram. The real comments will float to the top from accounts they know that are real, and the spam comments will typically be all below in like mass quantity altogether. And you'll tell because they usually say the same thing repeated over and over again in different ways. His account is very much like that. There are spam comments all the way to the bottom. Ryan Pineda is another one like this. I went on his podcast, but damn, bro, like some of the stuff that's stuff on his account. And a lot of these guys will go through and they'll, they'll filter out their comments and clean their comments like he did with me, right? Because right. they have a PR company. He's not doing that. There's somebody mm-hmm. else's job. It, was, it is exactly. to like filter He's out a, negativity, yeah. you know, which is fine, whatever. You, know, do, you do you, bro. But that's not real engagement. Mm-hmm. Where if you look at an account that's, that's really organic, that has maybe even like just 100,000 followers or like 200,000 followers, a real account that has true traffic and true engagement without that bot stuff has a completely different visual to it. A completely different interaction, a completely different mm-hmm. profile, and you can tangibly see. You don't need to have like analytics. You can just see that. Yeah, exactly. So there is a lot of truth in what Elon Musk is saying with how many bots are out there. This guy's quoting ten to eighty percent is what he said. You see the wide range. So and God I, know, damn. I know, I know why he says that, and let me tell you why. So there are some people who use like growth agencies, like the one I started with. When I started, I went from effectively zero followers. So you know that a lot of it like was fake. Mm-hmm. So I had to pay somebody that we've already talked about this before, like a, a significant salary or a good amount, a good amount of time to remove the bots. But Instagram makes it difficult for you to do that. Yeah. If you remove too many in, in, a, in a period, they time you out and block you from removing it. Wow. Yeah. So you, you, can, you have to go through and do it manually. It's, it's super archaic because that's part of their ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It's driving the revenue and the numbers. And think about it this way. If Kim Kardashian has more followers and gets paid more for posts. Instagram has more users and more people that are high profile. And you, th- you hear about Kavi Lame, who became like the number one po- followed person on TikTok ahead of, um, I think, uh, Charlie, or Dixie, D'Amelio, whatever their name is. Okay. Um, but they, these things are very public and, and they're press releases for these companies. They want these things to happen. So who has my number of followers? And it's, it's an ecosystem. Advertisers want access to them. There's authenticity websites out there and engagement websites and stuff like that. I don't know how valuable those really are in the grand scheme of things, but certainly yeah, this is out there. Well, in the grand scheme of things, just be very careful with who you, who you trust to take your information from and uh, what decisions you make based on that information. Yeah, and I should give you an asterisk so we can use this in court when Dave Ramsey sues us because <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Um, I will say this. He does provide good, wholesome financial advice in a lot of ways. There's some tax stuff that he's done. There's some stuff that I totally agree with. How to manage your debt, right? How to manage your debt. I don't necessarily disagree with his insurance stuff. I definitely disagree with his real estate stuff. But those are all opinions. And look, everybody's Mm. entitled to their opinion. But, and I will say this with a heavy butt, you've got to give people the ability to make a wise, conscientious decision by giving them the pluses and the minuses. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is a good segue, actually. So a lot of people are asking me, Chris, should I buy a home right now? Yeah. 
And I, I probably should do like a broader YouTube topic on this, which kind of breaks down some of the different thought processes. But I, this is the number one question I get hit up with. Right. And I get hit up a lot. And I have kind of like the standard reply answer that I give most people. If you can wait 12 to 18 months, well, wait 12 to 18 months. And here's my philosophy for it if you're in, in the market or you want to be at some point in time. You're going to get a lower home value. Yeah. You might save 10 to 12%, maybe more. Yeah. And I'll explain the maybe more at the end of this. But you'll save some money up front. Then you, you're going to, people are going to say the converse is you're going to wind up paying more in an interest rate over time. Yes, but interest rates will go back down. You could refinance and lower your rate and the, the effective blended cost of that rate plus your new lower rate over time will be much less than that. Uh, will be yeah much a much better savings for you than what you would have spent if you bought a home and paid ten to twelve percent more. Right, especially if you're looking to buy a home that you plan on staying in for a while. If say you decide to grow a family, or if you already have a family, you want to grow some roots in some places in a, in a place, then um, it might it might make more sense. The problem is, and you've you've always said this, and I think the masses don't look at it this way. Is people do look at their home as an investment, you know, and you you've always preached that you shouldn't yeah uh and and they shouldn't they really shouldn't so and, and here's the other thing too that i think people get confused if you're buying a five hundred thousand dollar home at three percent the difference between a four hundred thousand dollar home at like today's market call it six percent is actually not that different but people don't want to give up the five hundred thousand dollar home to chase the four hundred thousand dollar home because right. their budgets have shifted Right. They want to say, I can't afford the home I want. Yeah. And therein lies part of the problem and why values as a result will have to come down. And, and so before when I said 10 to 12%, maybe, let me explain that. A lot of people want to know, are we going to enter a depression or is this going to be a crash? And a lot of trusted sources out there are talking about how the real estate economy is not going to crash because there wasn't a credit default cycle and blah, 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 2008 and the whole Stop referencing the Great Recession for home value. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is every recessionary economy since 1929 until now has had a different starting point. I truly believe that affordability will lead the way in whatever happens next. Do I know that it's going to be a massive correction or a crash? No. Nobody knows that. It's speculation. Right. I don't want to speculate that far because I don't think we have enough data points to make that guess. Right. I know the data points are coming in July. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Goldman Sachs said today, without a recession, just Going the way they're going, if the Fed can provide a soft landing, you're talking about a 70 basis point decrease in margins, basically in profitability in the market. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose a, up to 130 basis points in, in the market if there's a recession. So they're already saying whatever happens next is going to be a loss to companies in the third quarter. Yeah. But if a recession comes on, it's going to be almost double that loss. But they're already saying that which the, we know is going to happen. We know. Well, I don't know that we know that recessions, a uh, full recession is going to going to happen necessarily. In it, well, we know. I know that a recession is going to happen. I just don't know when that when official it's, declaration will be. It is my belief, and it has been that I've said it a million times that we're already in a recession. Right. We just haven't identified it because we haven't met the technical definition for it. But I also believe the technical definition for recession is outdated. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, what do you feel like it should be in comparison to what it is? So. Basically, there's some metrics you can look up if you want to about what a recession is, and you have to meet those metrics to trailing quarters, right? Right. So six months, you hit that, you're in a recession, and a depression is effectively a longer variant of that. Mm-hmm. Stagflation is is kind of the same metrics as a recession, except you have to bring down certain numbers and control inflation, and then you wind up 
being in a recessionary economy. Right. My belief is stagflation is a recessionary economy and it's a it's a lead into it. So that should be in and of itself enough to say you're in a recession. Like I don't a, believe like a should, trigger. Right? I don't believe you should differentiate because the, the impact to the consumer is just the starting point of recession versus being in it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I don't tell people like like a beginning of a marathon is the same thing as a marathon. It's just the start of a marathon. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's what we're really dealing with here. Mm-hmm. But people don't want to acknowledge that they want to be they want to live in kind of their 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 dream world and you know I, whatever. I yeah. What's interesting that I read uh, also today. Said Said has his notepad out. <laughs> Apple, it's cute. Chris's notepad is on the computer. Mine's on my phone. Mm. Um, Mine screens out to my social so media. I want you don't follow. I wanted to, I wanted to get your take on this because I don't know how much you want to give out there as far as like, well, we're not actually allowed to give uh, investing advice. This is purely for entertainment purposes, right? But how do, how would you recommend people hedging against inflation in this type of economy? Cryptocurrency, clearly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> cryptocurrency is clearly, <laughs> clearly not it, right? But would it be something like dividend stocks or just, you know, in keep like dollar cost averaging with index funds and just keep buying in like that or because what's interesting is Goldman Sachs 25 uh, here we go All Goldman right. Sachs 25 percent hike right and raising their dividends to 250 per share yeah Morgan Stanley 70 cents per share hike uh plus a 20 billion dollar buyback program yeah yeah which is yeah. essentially what, what do I understand this correctly when when they suggest that is they're confident in their practices that they've done and when the stock is cheap you buy back Right. Yeah. Effectively, that that's. I mean, it's short a short version of, of the explanation. When the stock is cheap, you buy back and try to elevate your but, price. In the but also, side. that's them saying that they're confident in their practices. You know, they're confident less, in their value. What, yeah, what they're going to do. Yeah, they what, know what's going to go what up. What they're going to yeah. do, and they haven't. It they, tells the market. It's a good symbol. A symbol yeah, to the market. A yeah. good symbol to the market, right? B of A also a hike, a five percent hike, right? Wells Fargo also hiking. These two being a little bit smaller. Time out. So these two also being a little bit smaller. Yeah. Here's the problem: is banks regardless of size, have not had a recessionary economy priced into them yet. Okay. Banks are not perceived to be a, a potential, and I, I know I cut you off. We can get back to the rest of your... No, no, I mean, that, it might, the general question was like, what's, what's a good way for people to potentially, I guess, hedge against inflation if crypto is currently definitely not one? No, bro, cryptocurrency all the way. Yeah, Doge all the way. Ride Doge. It, ride it to the wheels, fall Yeah, out, baby. diamond hands, baby. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> get you a Ferrari in yeah. five years. Celsius, uh, let's go. Yeah, Celsius is <laughs> not going to make it. Uh, there's rumors certainly about them uh, bankrupt anything else. But uh, so this, the banks have not had a recessionary economy priced into them right now. And I will tell you that every single interest rate hike that goes up for banks is, is hugely impactful. Mm-hmm. The Fed in- increase, it, it directly affects banks. Treasuries really rising or not rising directly affect you, the consumer. And every single day, and I recommend anybody who's in business, if you're, especially if you're in the real estate or mortgage businesses or, or you're just in, in some type of business that has borrowing built or baked into it, I constantly watch all day long CNBC. It's on, it's on my You've been in my office. You've yeah, seen it, right? Yeah. I'm watching the treasuries. Every couple five minutes or so, the treasury's coming up. Three, mm-hmm. five, seven, ten-year treasuries. I want to know where they're going because that's indicative of the bond markets and it's indicative of the rates that we're going to see on the lending side. It, it's, it's so telling of, of what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. And Scott taught me that Scott taught me that years ago. He, he always watched the treasuries and he always kind of, he's a former bond trader in a former life and, and no one knows the markets like he does. It's, it's astonishing how much I've learned from him in, in just kind of watching what he looks at on, right. on his, his television. But I will say that's, 
a skill that I think that so many of us don't really understand. Being cognizant of where the treasuries are tells you where rates are in the economy, tells you where everything's going. If you're in a call center and you're at Loan Depot or you're at Lending Tree or you're at any of these places and you don't have a constant eye on that through the day, yeah, you have a tangible disconnect to what's going on because someone's giving you a rate sheet and you're not seeing what's going on behind it. Right, exactly. You need to know that so you can hedge off customers. Customer calls you and says, hey, man, like, what's going on with the economy, blah, blah. You can say, well, the 10-year treasuries are lowering. This is a great rate today. Here's why. Instead, they're like, oh, man, this is a great rate because we're told it's, it's the best rate for today. And this yeah. is where our, our, our peers are at. Yeah. Not necessarily the best way to go. So mm-hmm. I think everybody should do that. At, at some point in time, banks, because of the federal Fed interest rate increases, are going to have a recessionary economy priced into it. But right now, everybody's kind of in this like weird holding pattern. I've said it. I've said it before. I said it again. July is when we're going to start seeing people report what they think of. They're gonna they're first first they're gonna report the, the the result of the increases to their balance sheets already, right? Right. 75, all that's gonna hit. When they do that shit, it's gonna really, really be impactful for earnings season. And then they're gonna start pricing in things that they think is gonna happen next, like a 50 or 75 basis point increase in July. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as there's quote, we're we're in a recession, and that big ass headline comes out all over, you know, the internet, and you get your phone and the little alert comes up on your Google and your new and your Apple news, and you say, Oh my god, we're in a recession. You're going to start seeing banks get priced into that, and those, those stocks are going to fall. But right now, they're riding high, and you know, good for them. It yeah. should be. But that's going to change. So take that all with a grain of salt. Those buyback programs, all those things, those are temporary. They're not permanent. Yeah. So there, there's kind of your short answer. Now, the inflation answer is kind of a curious one. I get asked that a lot, too, because people want to, you know, they want to buy. Yeah, they don't want to buy. They don't want to stop buying. They don't want to stop buying. Yeah. And sadly, I don't know that anything really is truly a hedging. Well, okay, I will say this with a grain of salt. There is only one true hedge against inflation. That's to keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're buying real estate, keep buying real estate. If you're buying stock, keep buying stock. That's the only true, quote, inflationary hedge. Right. There's no strategy. There's no asset class. And I know a lot of people listening to this shit are going to be offended by that. Oh, my God, a crypto to the moon or, you know, or, oh, gold, go buy gold. Or now yeah. silver is the one. Go yeah. buy silver. And it's like, look, there are all those strategies, but none of these are true inflationary hedges. If you look up what an inflationary hedge is and you spend the time to get into the economics behind it. Mm-hmm. And Nick, Nick Norris and I, you know Nick. We, yeah. Love Nick. Love Nick. Nick needs to get on this yeah. show. Nick will not get on this show. I've asked Nick, him you're like listening. five times. Get on this show. Yeah, he won't listen because he's a dick. No, he's not. I hope professor. he hears that. He's the professor. He is, and he, and he knows way more about economics than I ever will. Yeah. That's not saying much. Yeah, that's not. You know, can I fire you at this point? <laughs> <laughs> in any event, Nick and I had this conversation about inflation probably a year ago in my office. We were talking about hedges against inflation, and he was like, "Nah, man, there's not, there's not, there's no such thing." Wow, well, I love anecdotally. Okay. If, if Nick ever hears this, yeah, I want, I want him and everybody <laughs> in the world to know. I want you to have a visualization of what Nick is. So, for all of those out there who know what who the Liver King is. <laughs> That is basically Nick Norris. No, no, that's unfair. That's an unfair. That, that is true. Nick, that is, Nick is liver. I can totally see him going like Liver King out. No, like, I, I can see him yeah, doing that as a sense as a sense of humor. No, man, Nick. Nick is a very well-read individual who I respect and trust. Anything he says, yeah, he's my guy. I've asked him to be on this podcast probably five times. Yeah, maybe cool. maybe more. He's he's waiting for a studio, man. He doesn't want to sit in this hot garage. There's a squat rack right There's next squat, to us. Yeah, that, is, doing, that is ideal doing, for him. Yeah, that is ideal for there him. There is nobody else who'd probably rather be here. Man, he got really big during the lockdown, didn't he? He got jacked when he came for your uh, son's birthday. I remember seeing him. 
Well, I don't look at other men like Come that. Come on, man. Miss- <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at, but he seemed like a very healthy young man. No, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he looked big as shit. It was really, it was really. Bad. Mister, who competed professionally in a physique challenge? You don't, you don't look at it. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna add this right now. First of all, for those of you who try to look it up, good luck. I changed the name on it. And I got it. Hey, it'll stop. be my avatar when I open if, my Instagram account. I swear to God, you fucking have that picture. I'll punch I have you it. Right. I'll show you right Son now. Son of a bitch. All right. Well. <laughs> It's so bad. So there are some things about the fit. I'm going to get into this because fuck it. You, fuck, we got time. Clearly, your special is economics, right? 47th birthday. Yeah, Let's 40. go. <laughs> ah, well, you're not even 40 yet, are you? No. You're fuck you. Come on. I look, right. I look it, though. You, <laughs> well, it's because you're rookie. Oh, I was told. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Said, I almost said so time. <laughs> yeah, so I was told that we talk about us being fat too much. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. A, a my, fan, wife, my wife says it, too, all the time. You guys gotta stop talking about that. Yeah, and a, and a fan has actually. Oh, speaking of which, this is uh, this. Is we got sound. fans. No, you're saying we have fans. We do have, I don't know about we. I have fans. Oh, I, I don't uh, know about you. Yeah. It's... No, so this <laughs> happened to me two days in a row. Two different people okay. have walked up to me. Okay. The first one was like, Wait. "Hey, is your name Chris?" No, stop I it. Swear to God. <laughs> swear, to, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, it depends. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have. Like, I'm married. I'm not doing anything shifty. Like, you know. Yeah, you know right. No, exactly. You know, do, you, do you like my content or yeah, do you hate my yeah, content? It depends. It's like, it's like, did I deny your loan at some point? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, man, I love your podcast. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, starting when? Like once I came on or yeah, like so for, before? Now that I got you, there's only four more other listeners I got to find. <laughs> right. So it, it tripped me. It tripped me out. I was very, I called my wife and I'm That's like, where cool. did shit just happen? That's pretty cool. Like somebody said that didn't know me, said they listened to the podcast and knew who I was. It's not why we're doing it. We're doing it to have fun, but that is pretty cool. Fuck you. I want to get rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are accepting sponsors. <laughs> yeah. We'll start promoting Liver King stuff. Sad part is if Lee, if you could actually, well, I told you, email me on the show, right? You did. You should. I wish you could read it. It's, <laughs> it's so for those of you out there who see the we're gonna we're gonna get back to the whole. There's a second fan who hit me up today. Oh, which, okay. I'll like, bring came up to me, shook my hand, the whole fucking thing. I was like, no, can so, I take a picture? And I was I was trying to be like, I was trying to be like cool, like I know you because I, I know we know each other from someplace. I'm like, yeah, man, it's been a long time. He's like, we never met. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that takes now that yeah you got to start I'm analyzing a, these I'm situations differently now you was son of a bitch i was trying to be nice because yeah. i was like i didn't forget who you were dude i like you know it's been a long time and he was like nah no yeah <laughs> i was like i've stopped you for the last six months. i was like my name's saeed omar uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway but yeah so liver king i asked him to be on the show and this is before like he did anybody else's podcast and this is way way early when he just started blowing up because I didn't, I ran the numbers on his on his Amazon numbers, and he was crushing it. Yeah, man. Like I was just looking at his sales just on Amazon. I mean, he does direct sales and everything else, and he was just crushing it back then. So I was like, "Yo, I gotta get this guy on a podcast. He's an entrepreneur, right?" Right. And so he sends me this email like a couple days later. It was very very fast. <laughs> In total fucking character, like he, the whole email was like, "Liver King would love to be there." <laughs> in third person, but Liver King, Liver King is so inundated with getting in touch with his nature. And grounding himself. I mean, it was it was a whole right. thing. While he's flying around in private jets. <laughs> Bro, it, he's justified that. He's like I've just yeah. justified it. No, he do. You should see his just he has he has a QA session that he did about this shit. Oh the no. whole thing's in character. I will say this one thing. Love him or hate him, as polar as he might be, as person as personable as some people find him, relatable and, and nutritionists fucking hate him. All those things. Remove all that from the equation. Here's the one thing I'll tell you about the liver king. 
he is fucking brilliant in his ability to answer questions and, and stay in character and do this whole thing live. Right. And, and he, he, he responded in such a charismatic, I've never seen an email like this. He denied me. He basically told me like, I ain't doing your fucking lame ass yeah, show. Yeah, I, but he did it in such a charismatic, loving way. I was like, damn. Yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah, thank you. I accept that. I, right. I, I, I appreciate yeah. you responding to my shit, Liver King. Talk about a guy who understood like lightning struck for him. He's just like, let's... Understood. It, it was it was orchestrated. It was an architect. I mean, it, he that was entirely designed. And if you listen to his stuff, he did a podcast with Jake and Logan Paul. Impulsive oh, okay. that podcast. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the most compelling interviews I've ever seen because Whoa. he is he is so true. He, he's authentic to that. You could tell he really believes that message, mm-hmm. and he has owned up that image. I've, I've never listened to one of those podcasts, but I have. Uh, friends that do and they say you would actually be pleasantly surprised they actually conduct really good interviews they're really good interviews. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, I, I would have i would have never known because the, the, you know the content that i've seen or them put out has been like silly content whatever i just thought the whole podcast was silly but no they conduct really good interviews no they're really good interviews they're they're relatable as shit like yeah, I, yeah. Cause, because i don't think any of them are sitting there going like yo i've got a resume like i'm king shit they, they all know what they are yeah they all know what they are and say say what you want those paul brothers they're fucking smart man they know they know what the fuck they're doing. They know they know where their place is right now, and it, they don't they don't make wrong moves. Well, here's the thing: they have made wrong moves in the past. Well, yeah. Oh, aside from the stuff that he almost got canceled for, right? right? But yeah. they've owned up to them. And and look, whether we like it or not, there are people out there who who thrive in business and being exploitive of the image that they are. Mm-hmm. Some of us are restrained because of our jobs. I'm an executive public trade institution. I've got responsibilities as shareholders, as board of directors, and right. everything I do carries a certain degree of risk as it relates to their perception of what I do. Right. But if you're Jake or Logan Paul, you don't have those risks. Mm-hmm. So you can you can do whatever you want right. and be as sensational as you want to be and try to curry entertainment value. Yeah. And I think what the, but the the thing that was so amazing that you know somebody somebody told me that once you start to think about what's so amazing about them is they're probably one of the first influ- influencers that I saw that welcomed the hate because they saw hate brought more eyeballs well, for the same reason why a lot of people used to tune in to watch the Mayweather fights. I got to the yeah. point where I never I never watched Mayweather to win. I tuned into watching. Hopefully, I, I'd be the I catch the fight where he you loses. You want to see when he loses, yeah. yeah. But he knew that. Same way, same way the M- NBA, be, NBA if ratings. If you don't believe that he was, li- if he was trying to play the villain, you're lying to yourself. Right. Oh, he was trying to play? Oh, 1,000% dude, he was trying to play the villain. 100%. I mean, and for the same reason that, look, NBA ratings, right? Were never, never were the same. Myself, if you're listening, this is his, this is his expertise, right? My here. expertise, here we go. right. Listen, yeah. pay attention. NBA, NBA. So NBA ratings were never the same after Michael Jordan left, right? But reached similar levels to when Michael Jordan was in the league when LeBron left Cleveland and joined Miami and he was hated the most. Is that true? That's a fact. You didn't research that shit, huh? No, that's just all. That's just, just, I, just, that. I just know that. You just know that, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when, when there's a clear cut villain, people tune in, people watch. Same thing with these boys. Can I ask you a question? I mean, this in an honest, legitimate way. Okay. <laughs> honest, this isn't going to yeah, be. Good. No, no, it's not bad. It's just. Like, don't you feel like the, the, that that gray matter in your brain could be used for something higher and better than than knowing that shit? Yeah, no, of course. But this is this is from my youth that I just hold on to. Youth, motherfucker! You just said I'm old and you're young. Yeah, no, I'm yesterday. Old, man. Look at my look at my photo. You should post a photo of me on. Um, I do all yeah. the time. It's usually on fat dudes' bodies. <laughs> usually Indian dudes that are really hairy. 
Well, that's an accurate assessment. Yeah, I uh, mean, I know what you look like when you're nude. No, it's entertaining stuff, man. I love the NBA. But uh, anyways, I digress. That's what you got. Yeah, that's that, what, that's what, what I got. Yeah. Your color commentating days are over. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's not good. So what is this? What is this that we have here on the screen? No, no, we're, dude, we're at Oh, no, you, gotta, yeah, you, actually, you actually have to go back and tell me about the second fan. We're at 45 minutes. What is that? We're done? Right, I'm gonna, everybody, real quick. I'm gonna. Yeah, you don't even know how long the show is. No, I know, but God we can't go longer. It, what? We can't go longer. Well, we can go as long as we want, but I gotta be honest with you, our five fans would be very disappointed. Okay, okay. People got jobs. So, um, all right. So the second fan came out to me, and I kind of already told the story, but it's it's blows me away that other other people listening to it. And for those of you who do listen, thank you. It, it shocks me that, that there are people out there who actually know who we are and see the stuff and listening to it. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, I mean, shit, six, uh, eight, nine months ago, this podcast wasn't even here. Yeah, it's true. I remember when you started. Yeah, and then, you know, two years ago, social media wasn't there, and uh, here we are. Insulting Dave Ramsey and telling him to kiss my ass <laughs> on a public forum. <laughs> I don't think we ever said that, but we just did now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I need, I, need, I need to give their prosecution more evidence for the lawsuit that's likely coming. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to end it tonight. Wait, Saeed I, got, is, I got one last thing. Before we actually uh, call this episode, some people in the office got together and we decided to get you a birthday gift. And I got to I got to give this here. That's so people, why you brought a backpack. That's why I brought a backpack. Okay, as a Middle Eastern guy, you should not bring a backpack to anything. <laughs> oh, don't do that. I thought you were going to do some weird. <laughs> Come shit, on, I'm not man. Middle Eastern though. That so this is odd. a gift from from people in the office. I'll tell you who they are after the show's over. Do they listen um, to the podcast. They all listen to the podcast. You so tell they, me everybody so listens to this podcast yeah. is 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 somewhat related to us from a damn it. I think so. I know. Um, but uh, we hope you like these, man, and hope you enjoy them. <gasps> shoes, shoes. Chris is a big shoe guy, and we all knew that, so we decided to get him. Uh, I can already tell what these are Air Jordan Four Oreos. Already know. Yes, I know. Hold on, we got to do the smell test. Make sure they're authentic. Yeah, exactly. You never know these days. Yes. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate you. You guys are amazing. Happy birthday, man. Thanks, man. All right. I'm going to cry, so I'm going to let everybody go. All right, bye. Bye. Not, not because this is emotional. It's because I'm, I'm going to have high estrogen levels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.